Welcome to the Diamond Mind Podcast with Nate and Lady, where we listen to all 92 Diamond albums certified by Billboard. Today's album is... Daydream by Mariah Carey. Alright, so give them the specs on that, Lainey. Alright, this album has 12 songs that are 46 minutes long. And it Not was all released... the songs aren't 46 minutes long. The album is 46 minutes long. Okay. <laughs> and it was released on September 28th, 1995, and it has gone 10 times platinum. But before we get into the album... Mandatory shout-outs to our social medias. Follow us on Twitter, uh, TDM Pod, TDM P-O-D. It should be up in the corner, probably right where Lainey's pointing. Um, follow us on Instagram, uh, the Time of Mind Podcast. Lainey's holding up the Instagram right now. Um, if you're an audio listener, we have a YouTube channel, which obviously if you're on the YouTube channel, I'm not going to have that put on the screen, but uh, it's The Diamond Mine. You might have a little trouble finding us. You'll just have to search up The Diamond Mine and uh, sort by channel, or if you want to look up The Diamond Mine Shania Twain, you can find us that way. So, um, yeah, am I missing anything? That was Lainey's Water Bottle. All right, let's get into this. So this first song is called Fantasy, um, and I wasn't sure what to expect with this album. I've heard, well, at the time when we went into this album, I thought I hadn't heard any Mariah Carey songs except for a Christmas song. Yeah. Um, but turns out, I've heard this one before, um, it kind of gives me Dilemma by Nelly Vibes, you know that song? Um, I can't sing it off the top of my head right now, but yeah. If, if I know y'all the intro look up, of it, but I can't think of how it goes after Yeah, that. if y'all want to look that up. Um, but... This this song is just very catchy. I was literally singing this as I walked in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like when she's, um, I guess, more, not fast-paced, but, like, less somber with her songs that uh, she makes. Because a lot of the songs on this album are, like, kind of quieter and more, like, right. ballads rather than, like, poppy and in-your-face. And I feel like when she does poppier songs it's a lot more fun, uh, and this song is a good example of that. So, how'd you feel about this one? It's funny you say that, because I think she had three albums before this one, and those albums were, Apple has a description, or iTunes has a description of each album, and they said that those albums were very poppy, but and obviously she has ballads, and that's her main thing, kind of like Celine Dion, whatever. But with this album, she brought in more R&B, which I do touch on, Mm -hmm. uh, actually. And so, of course, she still has the ballads, but she actually, this is kind of her turning point in her musical style. So that was interesting to figure out. Can you look up for me what R&B stands for? Rats and Bats. Really? No. I was about to say, like, what? Rats and Bats. Uh, I'm guessing it's rhubarb and blueberry. It's a nice little... Rhythm and blues. <laughs> hey, blueberry. Not the same thing. Uh, I was close. Anyway, uh, this song, very 1995. Very catchy, as Nate's uh-huh. already stated. Uh, definitely heard it before. I'm sure you all have heard it before, too. Uh, obviously, it's gonna be on any, like, throwback playlist. And it's, I mean, it's going on my playlist for sure. Um... I will say, I don't know if her vocals are real or not, because she does lip-syncing now, so I don't know if they're real on this, but if they are, she is very talented. Um, 
Now, she whether also that's, had those whistle notes. Yeah, whether that's produced in a studio or not, I'm not sure. Um, that's why I kind of didn't uh, comment on that too hard. Like, if somebody else was hitting those notes, sorry, I had to totally scratch my back right there. I forgot I was on camera. Um, <laughs> uh, if somebody else hit those notes that didn't have such a bad rap with stuff like that, I would have made more of a deal, big bigger deal about that. Um because those are impressive notes, and she sings them well. I mean, even if it's auto-tuned, though, she still has to be able to hit those notes to some extent. Yes. Because it's not completely like T-Pain up in here. Like, it's not... Did you know T-Pain can, like, actually sing? Yeah, he was on The Masked Singer. That's so weird. It's kind of unfortunate that he made his career auto-tune, mm-hmm. essentially, even though he can actually sing. There's also this really funny video of T-Pain where he's singing at, like, this charity concert or something. And, you know, um, I might be getting this a little wrong, but you know those, like, balls that they bounce in the crowd? Like, the big, huge beach balls and stuff? Yeah. (laughs) Somebody threw one on stage and hit T-Pain, and he just walked off and didn't perform anymore. It was only, like, the second or third song, and he just walked off and did not come back. Anyways. (laughs) Anyways. <laughs> T-Pain, dude. Yeah. Shout out to T-Pain. I wish he had a diamond album. The next song is called Underneath the Stars. Um, and I wasn't done. I wasn't oh, done. What? Um, so then also she has like the very basic snare Uh-oh. kind of beat going in there, which she does a lot throughout, uh, you know, this album. Um, there's a little synth action, and it actually sounds like a, a theremin. Or whatever, where it's like the metal pole, oh, and, and you, you put your hand next to it to do pitch and all that stuff. So that, yeah, mm-hmm. now I'm done. So the next song <laughs> is called "Underneath the Stars." Um, Bring it on. She sings over this like the way I describe it is almost like a smooth seventy sounding soul, maybe a little jazzy, maybe a little bluesy type beat. I can't, I couldn't really put my finger on it, but it was. See, I thought this is where she started getting into the R&B. Mm-hmm. So this is probably, like, where it was getting a little bit more bluesy and stuff. Um, this song is nice to listen to, and that's how a lot of her, like, more ballady stuff is. It's, like, it's nice to listen to, and I can appreciate what she's doing, but I couldn't, like, bust this out in the car. Mm-hmm. Or, like, yeah. I feel like her... More ballady songs don't have much replay value to me. Like, I could, I can see the the talent there. Whether she those vocals are real or not, I don't know. I, but I can see the talent there, and I can see what she was going for. And she gets her mood across uh, pretty often with most songs. Um, but I just couldn't like pop my earbuds in and be like, "Yeah, today I'm gonna listen to Underneath the Stars by Mariah Carey." Um. <laughs> She has, like, soft background vocals, and I just think it's really, really interesting. Like, a lot of the stuff that she does with the songs um, is interesting, and, like, some of it's, like, not musically intricate in the sense of, like, Mozart or something like that, but not something like NSYNC or Backstreet Boys where it's literally just, like, pop garbage like I thought that this was going to be. Right. Um... But yeah, I'll let you. I've been talking for a second, so I'll let no, you. Good. So this has the same snare. <laughs> Did you say good. <laughs> no, I said you're good. Oh, I thought you said all right, good. And I then... mean, I could say either way. It doesn't matter. 
Um, so this is the same snare beat as the first song, except this time she includes more bass, which adds more depth to the song. And there's also a lot of voice layering, um, which has that intricacy, but also it's not extremely difficult to do. Yeah. If you, But you just have to do it right. Yes. And this song, I mean, they do it right. But I, for this song, I didn't really pay attention to the lyrical content. I just paid attention to the instrumental part. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what got my attention. And that's it, really. Okay. Well, uh, this next song is called uh, One Sweet Day. And shout out to Boys to Men. We listened to you last week. And, and they're back already. Um, Michael. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> With the scoliosis joke. If anyone of you have scoliosis, half. I'm sorry. And if you haven't watched the Boys to Men podcast to understand that, go watch it. After you fully watch this podcast. Um, but the uh, Mariah Carey and Boys to Men, I feel like they in my head, if you had just like brought both of them up, I would have been like, yeah, they would complement each other well. Like they were, yeah, because this is a very like obvious R and B song too. And then you said, "Who is this?" And I looked, and I was like, "Yeah," because it was some some man came in, and I was like, "What? Who is singing he st- this?" He started the song off. Yeah, and I was like, "This is not Mariah Carey, Lainey. Um But this is a very powerful balladish type song with an electric background. Sorry, an electronic background. Sorry, this McDonald's Sprite be messing me up low-key. No, what did you um, eat? <laughs> nah, it's just the McDonald's Sprite, dude. It's like drinking TV static. But um, they really mesh well together on this song, I mm-hmm. think, because uh, Boys to Men's most popular song is like a, a love ballad, kind of like this, a more powerful love, ba- love ballad. Even though I don't think... Uh, again, if you haven't watched the Boys to Men podcast, I don't think that their love ballady stuff is their best stuff. I think that no. their um, like their their other varieties of sounds that they have are much better than their powerful love ballads. Like I think their more chill, relaxed songs are much better. But um, this song, as I as I say that, this song really wasn't my cup of tea. Uh, I just find the style of song kind of boring with the the love ballads and stuff. Um, kind of kind of my same complaint with that first Celine Dion album we listened to. Those love ballads just kind of get. It's funny that you bring her up because I mentioned her for this song. Um, <laughs> that's anyway. that is kind of funny. But those those love ballads just kind of get old after a little bit. Uh, I get it's supposed to be powerful, but you really have to do it right for a love ballad like this to just hit me and not just seem like it's boring and slow and they're just showing off their vocals. So you can go ahead and say what you want about Celine Dion and such. Um, I mean, because it is a love ballad, mm-hmm. even though they have more of an R&B aspect to it. Um, they still have the same, you know, Celine Dion breakdowns, but however, Celine does it better. She's a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. She's, um, a, she's an icon. But there was also a lot more harmonizing in this because it was a duet with a boy band. And Boys to Men is also very... Uh, Acapella style. Har- harmony based. Yeah. Um, but Boys to Men, you know, they brought back the soft speaking parts, which I did not appreciate at all. Mm-hmm. And but this is about the loss of a loved one, right? Because they 
talk about seeing them again and they're shining down from heaven or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you said you didn't like this one. I actually liked it more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. There's there's one that's kind of in that same boat for me, but in a little bit yeah. later on this album I, that I like that I Going into this album, like. I had very low expectations if you didn't see the end of the last episode. Yeah. Just go watch the Boys to Men episode. <laughs> um, like, specifically on YouTube to understand what she's talking about. It's a roller coaster. Um, but Lainey uh, does not like Mariah Carey. We'll just go. We'll just go ahead and say that. Um, Her and Eminem had beef though. For real? Yeah, they dated, and then she. Oh then yeah, she I was thinking of um, obsessed or whatever. You know why he's so obsessed with? Yeah, her. I didn't. Um, I couldn't remember that they dated. I was thinking of a. Uh, Nick Cannon. Of, yeah, I'll, they were married, no, 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 no. I'm not think. I'm thinking of another person that Eminem dated. I'm pretty sure, but I can't think of their name right now. I don't know. I don't keep up with Eminem. I think. Well, we'll have to listen to two of his albums at some point: the Marshall Mathers LP and the Eminem Show. I think. Yeah, Eminem Show. I for sure is on there. Um, but do you have anything else to say about this before we move on to the next song? No. Okay, this next song is called "Open Arms." It's a cover of the. Journey song, Open Arms. Um, And uh, to preface, before we go into this song specifically, uh, I'm not a huge fan of the original anyways. Like, it's okay. I'm trying to think of like. I'm sure you've heard it. I know I have, but I can't, like, hear it Um, in my mind. It's, like, the only version of this that I can hear in my head. Like, I cannot even hear the Mariah Carey version anymore in my head. Um, it's okay. I'm just not a big Journey person. That's just not my kind of music. Um, but even though I don't like it, I still respect the song for what it is. Um, and I think they do that song skillfully. Now, um, Mariah Carey does hit notes in the song, and they're pretty good. And I think she does get off her musical talent or show off her musical talent in the song. But I don't think she does the song as well as journey. And that's being said from somebody that doesn't even really like the, the journey version that much. It's just okay to me. Um, but I was having like a, a decent time with this. I mean, just because I know the song and I could kind of sing along to it in my head. Um, that being that being said, though, going back to this, these past three songs on this album have not been as fun as Fantasy, uh, which is the first song that comes in. Uh, and there's no... There's such a switch from song one to song two, three, and four. The moods of song two, three, and four are all very slow and ballady when this first song is super duper poppy and stuff and there's no transition there and i'm starting to lose interest because you start me off with this poppy song and i'm super duper excited and i feel like i'm gonna have fun with this album and then you just give me three slow boring non well one of them's even just a cover so like that does not take any inspiration and then the other two are just like kind of feel like a little uninspired um and the vibe just shifted so quickly and it hadn't even tried to go back to the feel of fantasy. Oh my gosh, that McDonald's, right. Um, 
But, yeah, it just kind of upset me. So, you can go on ahead. Sorry about that. I mean, I'm okay with her switching it up from a poppy song to getting more into ballad, R&B, whatever. But you can tell it's a lot heavier on the ballad type. Now, getting into my notes for the song, though, I wrote, finally, some piano. So she did switch it up with the composition itself. Mm -hmm. And the composition of the song accentuated her voice. Which made it more moving, I thought. But, uh, and then the last thing I wrote was that when the drums come in, it just really adds to the power behind the thing as a whole, and that's it. And then I think I just blocked out everything else. So. Fair enough. Uh, this next song is called Always Be My Baby. And this, right after I complained about um, yeah. the song, the album not switching back to that feel of fantasy, um... They switch back a little bit. the The verses are still like kind of kind of reeled back a little bit. But this one, the chorus is fun. One of the more popular. ones. Yes, I've heard this one before too. Um, the 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 beats peppy, and the chorus is catchy, and then it has that little do do do. Oh, that's like super duper catchy, and is literally stuck in my head. Right now, that's that's dilemma by Nelly right there. Yeah, that is that is similar to dilemma, um, but yeah, I was kind of happy that it had went back to something that I could somewhat enjoy. So you go on ahead, Lainey. Uh Okay, so this one does kind of get back into the R and B style. It's a little more upbeat. Like I said, it was one of her more popular songs. Uh, so you know, it's just catchy right from the get go. Uh, but if you couldn't tell from the title, it's a love song. Wasn't my favorite, but I, I mean, I definitely didn't hate it. It just wasn't my cup of tea. And she brings in some rasp towards the end, if rasp is the right word for what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I could, I, yeah. Um, I'd say that's the, the, at least the closest word. The only other word that comes into my head is girth, and I don't think that's right. <laughs> um, gurgle. Gurgle. But most of her songs fade out. Yes, no I don't. Ending, and I don't like that. He's already expressed his um, hatred. I didn't want to keep hitting on that because I kind of hit super duper hard on that on the. Um, what album was that? That was uh, shoot. Was it Shania? No, that I think that was Bon Jovi, where they kept fading out. Oh, I think you're right. Um, but I hit on that so much that I didn't want to super duper hit on it during this album. But she does do that a lot, and that's yeah. like one of my biggest pet peeves. It's I just so lazy. Point. Um, next song? The next song is called I'm Free, and I honestly don't have a lot to say about this. Um, it kind of sounds like it would be a biblical song, and I guess you could interpret it that way. It has a gospel feel to it, but yes. it can be either biblical or like just a, a love song. Is what um, but this song was super-duper boring to me. I just did not... This is probably the song I had one of the worst yeah. times with, so... Um, what would you I mean, like she, to say about it? The only thing to add on to that is that she brought back the piano. And that Apple Music said she was really showcasing her voice in this song as well. Which I'll, I'll agree with. But it but just, she does that throughout the, a lot of the album too. Which I do mention uh-huh. in some other song. But next. Yeah, that one just felt really not inspired. Um, this next song is called When I Saw You. Um... <laughs> I took a note and said, no wonder the only two so far this album that I've heard, 
Oh my gosh, let me just restart. No wonder the only two songs on this album that I've heard before so far at this point in the album um, have like pep to them. Nobody really wants to listen to her like sit there and make like this kind of song. I don't know what what I would describe this as. More like a, I guess just like R and B love ballad type type thing. I don't know who just wants to sit there and listen to that. It all blends together. Um, but this is yet again another one of uh, those types of songs. And I just really don't think that's fun. Like, I don't think this type of of music is fun. It's really just not my thing. And I kind of feel bad for just absolutely dogging on Mariah Carey for this because there's probably certain people that are like, love ballads, my absolute favorite kind of music. Yeah, the people and that go to Slam honestly, concerts. Honestly, more power to you. If love ballads are your favorite kind of song and you can find so much enjoyment in this album, I'm jealous of you, honestly. Um, Because I wish I could... I mean, I don't like sitting here and listening to uh, an album that I just am not... That is just not made for me. But, like... um, Anyways, to get into the actual song rather than just zooming out from... To look at this from an album perspective... uh, this something I can say to compliment this uh, this song is it has this little bass thing that almost sounds like a heartbeat. It's on beat one, and then the and of two and count three. So it's like one and two and three and four and one and two and three. So um, I really really liked that. Um, but Mariah, you can be very very enjoyable when you're peppy. But this just it feels like uninspired garbage <laughs> that she just kind of like threw the same song at me, but mixed it up in a blender a little bit differently uh, for like nine of these songs. So I don't know why, but when you were talking about I don't even know what you're talking about at this point, but for some reason it reminded me of just like, have you ever heard the song Just a Friend by Biz Marquis? But uh, when you say he's voice, just a friend, that one? Yeah. Yeah. But, like, he can't sing at all. Yeah. It's just, like, raw vocals. You that got what I need. I can play it, but I don't want to get copyrighted because that's technically yeah. already happened. We got, yeah, uh, we got copyrighted, guys. <laughs> but it was only, like, weird, like, Cuba or... Like, really? Yeah, it was. It was like four, three or four random places. That's super duper weird. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know that. I just knew that we got and it copyrighted. Was to like technically, corn or someone. It wasn't even. Who what was did we it? even play? I don't it was during. It was on the Bon Jovi one, right? I don't know at this point. No, I think we were in the closet still. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, anyways, or maybe no. I saw it you. was rat. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, at this point, I was losing steam. It just sounds like all of her songs mixed together. I didn't have a lot to say about this. Uh, It's a beautiful song, and I just wasn't feeling it. So, Um, This next song is called Long Ago. Um, This song had a bass opening with strings and a 90s electronic drum, and it really felt like this song could be fun. And this this is one of those songs that I super duper enjoyed and that I did not um, 
well, it's not that I didn't expect myself to enjoy the song because it started off pretty strong, but I had just not been enjoying myself for quite a while. And then this song came out of nowhere and I was like, oh, I've not heard this one before and I'm also enjoying it. This is right. <laughs> shocking. <laughs> um, but the chorus is catchy. Uh, it's like she's snarkily saying, is that a word? Snarkily? Sure. Uh, she's saying in a snarky banner, uh, you used to want me, but that's so far away. And it really gets across the vibe of like, um, the bitterness mixed with the sadness after a breakup. Cause that's what this, this is about. Like yeah. she, this guy broke her heart and she still wants him basically, but she doesn't, he doesn't want her anymore. Uh, and I really just think she gets across that, um, not theme, what is it, mood, uh, with with how she presents her lyrics in this song. And I, I honestly really, really like this one. I would listen to this song again. I kind of have a different point of view. So, obviously, Nate said, starts off with the bass. Funky beat, this gets my attention back from the last song. And I just know she's about to get into it, you know? But, like, other than her lyrics, though, I feel like the instrumental aspect of the song was like a comeback song from a breakup. Like, she's back and better than ever. But then if you get into the lyrics, Mm -hmm. it's the exact opposite. Yeah. Because it says, like, he still haunts her or whatever. So, very interesting how they kind of butt heads. What's the term I'm looking for? Um... Contradict each other. Yes. But it also flows together. So. See, that's why I think it really gets across the the bitterness of right. uh, a breakup. Because, like, that bitterness and the moving on feeling are kind of one in the... Not one in the same, but are, are similar emotionally. Where, like, you're like, I've moved on. And, well, the way that she's... The way that it sounds on this song, how she's like, okay. I've moved on and... Like, screw you, I've moved on, I don't need you anymore. And then there's the the bitterness after a breakup, like, how could you break my heart, I still miss you, and, like, you're half mad, half sad. It's one of those, how could you, it still hurts, but I hate you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, and that's why I think she gets across that bitterness so well, because of what you said, of yeah. how it feels like, She's gotten better, but the lyrics contradict that. Right. And we're back. Sorry, Michael Jackson interrupted us. I, I don't know. <coughs> go away, Michael. Go, please. Literally, just go out, go out of the door. <coughs> Moonwalk your way out. That, thank <laughs> you. Done. <coughs> okay. Thank you. Um. Sorry. He's he's a handful. Um. But this song he's is still alive, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he's been chilling in my spare bedroom in my house this whole entire time. How y'all not know? That'd be so creepy. That reminds me of a scary movie. That man. does. That does kind of freak me out a little bit. Um, <laughs> this song's called "Melt Away," though. And at the beginning of the song, she sings just a little bit too low for herself, for in my opinion. Um, it's just kind of it was kind of shocking whenever she just came in and she was like super duper low compared to like how she'd been singing throughout the whole entire album where she's hitting these crazy whistle tones. She shows the range, but it doesn't add up. Because she doesn't do it for the rest of the album or like the rest of the song. Um, This is the only time she does it. But this is just like uh, a good little, a good little song to listen to with your, with your honey while looking at the, looking at the sunset or whatever, or the sunrise if you're an early bird, but that's not me. Um, 
this is probably the most interesting of the slow songs, in my opinion, because I like the chorus and I like the layering at the end where the chorus is still trucking along and like choo-choo, the chorus train, and she's singing over it and hitting these notes and going up and down, and I just thought it was very interesting how they did the layering in the studio. So, um. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have a lot to say about this one. Um, similar to the others, but the beat is a little funkier in the beginning. It really starts you off on a good note. But Apple Music, they said that the song lives up to its title as she delivers a molten performance. Molten? Yes, because melt away, lava, you know. Oh, I get it. (laughs) This next song, though, is called Forever. Um, And this song gave me a vibe of a specific song, but I cannot think of what it is. I think a lot of songs start off like this song. There's a Kelsey Ballerini song that starts this way, too. And I know what song you're talking about, but I can't remember the title. So... I'm going to, like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do this song that I'm thinking of, because I cannot think of the lyrics, because if I could think of the lyrics, I could find the song. So, if anybody, and I mean, like, if anybody knows this song, reach out to the Twitter or the Instagram or something. I need this solved, because it is hurting me that I don't know this. There's just crickets. It's like, da-da-da-da-da. Da, 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 da. And that's the only part of it that I know. Literally the only part, and it's stuck when, in my when head. When you sing it like that, it sounds like, oh, darling. What is, hold on, let me look that up. By the Beatles. No, it's definitely not the Beatles. Uh, I'm going to check just to make sure, but I do not think it's the Beatles. Um, wait, do you not know the lyrics at all? No. Oh. I normally could sing you, like, a little bit of the lyrics, but I'm not, I'm not positive of the lyrics of this song right now. Like, if I knew the song, I could probably sing you the song, but for some reason I'm completely blanking on the title and all of the lyrics to the song. I can only have the melody in my head. But this song, though, getting to forever, um... That was like a weird existential. Never mind. Uh, she is like she had come in with a this like nylon guitar mm-hmm. type thing, and then it crescendos up to this big high note, and then they have this like bluesish sounding piano riff in the back. It's not like blues in the sense of like the piano is blues style. Like it's in the blues scale, um, and the piano riff plays throughout most of the song. It's super duper quiet in the back. Uh, this one was very good. And it's, I didn't even realize it while listening to this, but I enjoyed three of the songs in a row that I didn't know. Um, sorry, I like swallowed my spit weird. Those, yeah. Uh, she is like shooby doo bop in the back at some point, And I really, really liked that because she was like very soft with it. And it felt, it felt genuinely like bluesy, like very R&B, not R&B in the sense of like Drake, how Drake does R&B, but this Definitely leaned more towards the the blues side of R and B. What was it? Rhythm and blues. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, she has the the classic Backstreet Boys key change to make the moment feel more impactful. But it's not cheesy hearing it for her from her because this is the first time it ha- happened on the album and the only time it happens on the album. So Backstreet Boys. 
take notes. Um, and I like this one. So, how did you feel about it? I think that I wrote a sentence that doesn't make sense, but I think this is the best sounding song on the album. Really? Yeah. And kind of going off of what you said, like, I can imagine people, like, slow dancing to this. It was very, very 60s era. Yes, yes. With the shoe ball, like, yeah, all of that going on. It really reminded me of the Renettes. In mm-hmm. that. And there was another song on here that kind of reminded me of didn't, that, but I can't remember. Didn't we listen to a Renette song? On Dirty Dancing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, and then there, there's the breakdown kind of in the going into the chorus where she says, Until Forever and Never. And that reminds me of Crazy by Aerosmith when they get into their chorus. Mm-hmm. It's like too similar. Just too similar. That's interesting. But that's all I have. This next song is called Daydream. It's an interlude. Uh, shortest song in the album, right? Three minutes and four seconds. It's a fantasy sweet dub mix. I'm really not sure what that means. I don't either, but it makes sense if you hear the song. Um, the song has got this constant four-note synth line going through the whole entire time. They use that electric piano. Um, and they, they it starts off slow, and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's another slow song. And then it turns into like, club and music like and like i was head bopping but i had no clue what she was saying this song was like a, a fever dream and it like slowed down and faded out at the end it was it was it was weird so uh is that when she hit the whistle note yes at the very end when it was like super duper quiet and nothing else was going on and you just hear whistle tone and then yeah. the, the song ends yeah, yeah 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 so uh like i said she has that electric piano going. Uh, there's some vocal reverb happening, too, in the beginning, and it's like it's kind of weird, I'm not going to lie. Uh, it sounds like it, you know, in production, there wasn't a lot of attention thrown towards this song until it really, you know, the claps, you know, you know what I'm yeah. talking about. That comes in, and then, like, the club music, you know, the, the dub remix or whatever it is, it just really hits. Uh... And as it slows down, though, getting towards the end, it sa- it reminds me of Copacabana by Barry Manilow. <laughs> That's really random. Yeah. Um, That's all, though. But, yeah, this final song is called Looking In. But um, this song, t- let me say this before I... I'm about to rant, by the way. Uh, all right, I'll see you. Let me say this before I go on this rant. This sounds like funeral music, dude. Like, have you never heard this song before? No. Oh. Um, okay. I really don't understand how somebody can, and I'm not hating on any of y'all that can. I'm just saying I don't understand how somebody can find enjoyment in listening to something that sounds so somber. Like, I can understand liking sad music. I listen to sad songs sometimes, and I can enjoy them. But when it's so somber, and the mood is literally, like, just walking with no direction, and the rain's pouring, and you're sitting there crying, and just not having a good time whatsoever, I don't understand how you can listen to a song that gives off that vibe, and, like, re-listen to it, and replay it all the time, and just genuinely enjoy that. But I think it's called depression. If that's what she's going, 
That was the best awkward silence. A moment. Um, <laughs> if that's what she was going for, though, if that's the vibe that she was going for, just like rain pouring and the person is just walking aimlessly, like a like a sad movie, then she does it well. And if that's what she's going for, like she, she hits a nail on the head. Yeah, shout shout to her if that's what she's going for. This just is not my thing. Um, but this really does exemplify the sadness of the theme of the song because the theme of the song is like sad in and of itself and i'll let you touch on what the song means a little bit more i don't know what the song means um if i had the lyrics in front of me i could probably get but very somber only four stanzas this is the slowest tempo we have seen on this album and it was a very interesting way to end the album i would also like to say um I've heard this song before, but I didn't recognize it until the second stanza hit, and I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I would, which goes for this song and the entire album. But let me pull up the lyrics real quick. Hold on. What's it called? Looking In? Yes. Looking In. Mariah. Carrie. How y'all doing today? Here's a picture of a duck, if you're watching on YouTube. Her album cover, she looks airbrushed. That is so true. Non-existent. Uh-huh. Michael Jackson? Um, <laughs> anyway, so the second stanza is where I recognized it, and it says, She smiles through a thousand tears and harbors adolescent fears. She dreams of all that she can never be. She wades in insecurity and hides herself inside of me. And then, so I think it's basically saying how she's, like, kind of mocked and how people, I mean... People are hating on her and things like that, but she knows who she is and, like, how all, like, it can really hurt and stuff like that, but it ends with, like, they'll never know the real me, so I guess, like, she stays true to who she is. She knows who she is. I interpret it as when you're famous, you have to put up this facade of being... Like, always happy and poppy and stuff. Because you said that she had had albums before this where it is just super duper poppy and stuff. And, like, Mm -hmm. people knew her for that. And this is the first album where she really gets into that R&B and stuff. And um, I took it as um, inside she really is sad and depressed. But she has to put up this facade of peppiness and happiness and poppiness and, like, yeah... Um, for the fans and for all that, but maybe I interpreted it, or I don't think there's any way that you can interpret a song incorrectly. I just interpreted it different, differently than you, and that's okay. Right, because again, there's only four stanzas. So yeah. She says what she needs to say, and then she, she's done. But, um, with all that being said, where on the 92 do you feel? See, I, okay, it sits at 69 right now. And when I first started... And when I first started, <laughs> I was thinking at the highest it could be 60. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, the highest it could be 60. But now I think it could hit the 50s. I think it's more 60s for me just for the, based on the fact that I really don't like um, the love ballad stuff. There's, I think, literally five songs on this album I can get down with. Um, and for most albums, that's pretty good. Like five songs that you can just, um, that I could like really, really like that's generally makes for a good album um based on most other albums that i like five songs off of but the other seven on this album i very much so don't like 
Um, just because, and it's not that listening to them, I'm like, ugh, turn off this garbage, this is not good music. It's just so boring to me that I cannot <laughs> get with it and get on that boat. Um, so for me, it's it's probably 60s, honestly. I don't think, I think it's a little higher than they put it. Maybe, maybe. Um, I might just keep it at 69 because it's funny. Uh, Mariah, <laughs> so sorry for the disrespect. Yeah, I mean no disrespect, just the, the sex number's funny. But, um, anyways, you have any other comments to make? Yes. You know the album's good when it goes on to one of our playlists. I l- listen to Hootie and the Blowfish, Kenny, <laughs> Kenny G. Uh, I've always listened to Hey Y'all, even though I do get flashbacks from that. Yeah. That was a horrible day. Um, Gosh, listening to those albums. Nickelback. I saw someone make a playlist for Nickelback about their best songs. None of the songs from that album made it onto the thing. Not even, like, Photograph and no. stuff? That's crazy. None of them made it. I was like, wow. Um, Look at these graphs. Just thinking back on all the albums, I guess we haven't had... Um, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think we've ever had a time like this on the podcast where we can just reflect on everything we've listened to so far. But we've broken to the 60s, and there's 92 Diamond albums on this specific list. There's uh, 121 in total. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking back on everything that we've listened to so far, and maybe in like 20 or so episodes we'll do this again, what's your favorite album that we've listened to so far, do you think? I don't remember them um, at all. Well, I'm trying let's, to think. Hold on. I can literally pull up the Spotify right now. I think I could go back to Kenny G and bust a move. Honestly, th- like the Kenny G album, it th- that podcast was dreadful. I'm sorry, but that podcast was really just sitting in the garage, like, like not not very good. But that album was way better than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> um, we liked Matchbox Twenty. Uh, like Matchbox 20. That was liked, the best one so far. Uh, like Creed, absolutely not. Creed was at the that hockey game in Nashville. Mm-hmm. I saw that. Why would you hire Creed as your band? We liked... Uh, Titanic, never. Santana. We like Santana. Okay. Uh, that one, liked, I have to be in a very specific mood for Santana, though. Mm-hmm. We liked... We liked the second Celine Dion album pretty good right yeah uh i was good with the second garth brooks one because i knew mostly don't have i don't have a problem with garth brooks really i mean it's just it's just like cheesy country like i can i can bear with that um we like jewel jewel was pretty cool (laughs) i didn't even mean to do that uh mine honestly could very well be uh, Jewel. Either Jewel or I like Britney Spears too, but I also I wasn't like a, I wasn't a big fan of the Britney Spears album. Mine, mine's probably either Jewel or um, Jewel. Matchbox Twenty. Honestly, I don't remember Matchbox Twenty. That's my problem. I just remember how much I enjoyed Matchbox Twenty. I can I can't remember many of the songs off of there, but I enjoyed Matchbox Twenty and I know three AM's on there because I listened to that before I listened to the album, obviously. But or or Santana, Santana was very enjoyable, and obviously in like twenty something episodes, 
there's a high chance that like none of these albums will be even close to our uh, favorites that we've not. listened to so far. I hope not. Um, I don't know. Maybe we kind of have a little line of stinkers coming up. I'm just up. gonna say Kenny G. <laughs> <laughs> Shouts to Kenny G. Love you, Kenneth. Um, Can we visit your Malibu beach house? Gosh, that'd be so cool if Kenny G flew us out. You'd have to call Adrian. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that'd be so awesome. Anyways, before we start rambling anymore, follow us on Twitter, TDM Pod, TDM POD, the Instagram, the Diamond Mind Podcast. I'll and, that back in the corner. Uh, no, I only do that for the okay. beginning part because I imagine that people could in just scroll back. Yeah, it's also in the description. And if you're an audio listener, uh, the Diamond Mind, that's our YouTube. Uh, you got anything else to say to the viewers before we no. head out? Okay, this has been the Diamond Mine Podcast. We'll be back at you next week with, I think, the Lion King soundtrack. No, it's not. What is it? Kid Rock. Oh! We'll be back at you next week with Kid Rock. (laughs)